Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Freight to the Point, a podcast by Zen Cargo. I'm Alex Hersham, and today I'm joined by Bethany Windsor, who's the Interim Director of Stakeholder Engagement and Relationship Management at the CILT. Today, we're going to be speaking about how we can inspire the next generation of supply chain leaders, some of the key work skills that are required for modern supply chains, and the resources that are available to people who are eager to climb up the career ladder. And Bethany, if you don't mind, I might even drop in some examples of people at Zencargo who have grown significantly and have become some of the future supply chain leaders. We always love a case study. (laughs) Fantastic. We have many, fortunately. Welcome. Maybe you can give a quick background on yourself and intro. Sure. So yes, as Alex said, I currently work at the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, and I am also Programme Manager for Generation Logistics, more of which we will hear about later. I've had a very wiggly career journey, which is um, a phrase that I'd learned from our lovely careers leaders in schools and colleges when talking about how we all get into the profession, Uh, primary school teacher into supply chain software into program management for CILT. So quite wiggly, but definitely found my home in logistics. Amazing. There's definitely a joke in there somewhere about going from primary school to supply chain management. I'm not (laughs) sure exactly what the joke is, but it's there somewhere. Maybe we could just start because I really do want to get onto this topic of like bringing the next generation through, finding incredible talent, cultivating and fostering that talent, etc. But just talk a bit about how the role of supply chain management has evolved over the years. And then we could sort of build that into building on talent. Sure. I mean, the last couple of years have been quite the few years, haven't they? Quite the few years, whatever sector you work in. But I think you know, we've obviously had some of these giant events like COVID. We've had some of the events that have made the national press, like the Suez Canal, like various shortages, toilet rolls, etc. So I think never before has logistics and supply chain been more in the public eye. I think that's a great change. I think that's given us the opportunity to really showcase some of the roles that the public might not know. And I think in terms of direction of travel, that obviously the race to net zero, the automation agenda, it's it's exciting. We don't know what jobs there'll be in five years time. And that's hugely exciting if you're in the sector already, but certainly looking to kind of step into the sector. You've got the chance to make a real change. So it feels exciting at the moment. It feels like we're poised and ready to be very different to how we were even five years ago, but certainly 20. Yeah, I mean, I see that really clearly. And I think what it speaks to is the different type of skill sets and the different needs that are going to come up through the supply chain. So you now have what what I think you've always had this sort of the skill set of people that are very deep in the domain, really understand the nuts and bolts, actually quite enjoy understanding the physicality of it and how the network works together. And that is a really challenging skill set to build, it takes time. And you know the supply chain industry has been very lucky to have those people. But I think what we're seeing now is a huge move towards data management, both in terms of data tools, but also in terms of how people think with a data mindset. I think we're moving a lot towards cross-pollination and being able to work across stakeholder groups. And obviously, this is now starting to talk a lot about the sort of supply chain either becoming the CEO and that transition that, you know, we're starting to see a little bit. We're not seeing as much as I think some people would like to think, but we are. But but how does that mix of skill set impact both the caliber of people we can bring in, 
the attractiveness of roles and all the sort of future planning we need to do? I think in terms of the kinds of people that we need, you know, I won't bang on about the skill shortage, all of the listeners will be living and breathing it, I'm sure. But we are now looking, as you've quite rightly said, in many cases for a different kind of person, different skill set to what we would have been looking for previously. Regrettably, now so is everybody else. So outside of logistics, people want data analysts, people want project managers, people want those that are savvy with tech. And so we're not only fighting for the skills that are perhaps very, very niche to our sector. I'll pick on driving as a really good example and maybe robbing Peter to pay Paul and moving people around the Golden Triangle or wherever else it might be. We're now in the fight with many other sectors. And, you know, I love logistics. I love logistics. Cut me and I bleed tiny little lorries. But we are not necessarily a sexy sector or we are not portrayed as a sexy sector. So we've got to really kind of up our game, I think, in how we market ourselves and think about that retention piece as well. Of course, we don't want to sell, you know, drone technology and driverless trucks. And then we get people coming in and saying, okay, great, where are they? I'd like to use them and work with them. It is about being realistic, but we have to be in that fight and we have to kind of show logistics off as being the well-paid, fast-paced, future-forward sector that it is. Or we won't, you know, we, we don't stand a chance of getting those skills and then that holds us back. You know, we can't then progress. I think it's also had a an impact or it certainly will have an impact, if not perhaps so much already, on the entry-level roles that we have in the sector. So perhaps instead of, you know, let's say picking and packing becomes fully automated in many cases, we are looking less now for people who are, you know, at that particular time, we're looking less for people who can do those jobs and more perhaps for people who might be able to do the engineering side of the kit that's needed. So it affects not only kind of the roles that are coming up, but also the training for existing members of staff, where the gaps might be, how do we reallocate people? It, it's an exciting challenge. It's probably a challenging challenge if you're at the at the coalface of some of that change. But it, it's without doubt that we are on a, a significant journey of change in terms of skills needed and an amount of people. We obviously started Zencargo seven years ago. And we've had our own views across the journey. Sometimes we've thought them through and sometimes they've just played out in terms of what's the right mix of people that have come from the industry and people that haven't. And obviously a core part of our DNA is technology, about a third of our headcount is in technology. And you're less likely to attract those from within the industry, design, product management, a lot in data. But we've kind of got to a place where I would say just over half of our team, probably near 60%, has a background in supply chain management and and a lot of actually deep domain background, especially in the more, let's say, operational roles, procurement and product roles, et cetera. Um, But actually, you know, we had that other 40%. It's not just in technology. They might also be in our growth organization or marketing. They might be in our sort of custom operations management where we're really trying to raise the bar on how we communicate to customers. They might be some of those project management roles that you mentioned or continual improvement. And that mix, as I said, I'm not, I can't profess to have said seven years ago, we won a 60-40 split and that's going to be the perfect split. We've meandered a little bit, but that mix has actually really worked very nicely. And I think it's brought the best out of people. Absolutely. But we're in a bit of a fortunate position because we're perceived as a startup, we're perceived as cool, we're perceived as moving fast. We can attract from different pools of talent. 
Uh, I'm not sure every company in, in the logistics industry is a startup. They're not all venture-backed. So it creates different challenges for them. How do you see them tackling these challenges? So I think it's an excellent point that you've managed to do that almost organically, but the mindset was there in the first place. So my my bugbear, both personally and professionally, is three to five years experience in logistics for roles that don't need three to five years experience in logistics. Um, with Generation Logistics, we take a job families approach. So if you think about all of the functions that either a logistics operation has or a business with a logistics function has. Yes, you've got your operational roles, warehousing, transport, property and infrastructure, but you've also got HR, finance, marketing, customs compliance, sustainability, the list goes on. And I think if we pigeonhole ourselves as a sector to only wanting those that know who we are as a sector, we know how small that pool is. So we need to really go back to the drawing board with our job descriptions and fine, if it's going to be desirable, by all means, put it in. You know, if you've done marketing at one 3PL, chances are great if you can come and do it at another. But we really do need to think about how do we make ourselves as open as possible to those with transferable skills, those trying to get back into the workplace, you know, those that are underrepresented in logistics. How easy is it for them to see an opportunity and put the hat in the ring if we only want people with experience? So I'm not saying let inexperienced people run your warehouses or manage your fleet or be in charge of your tech. But there are roles that we are very blinkered on in some cases. So for me, it's back to the drawing board, thinking about what do we actually need to get the job done? And can we bring more people in? That's what it's about. It's about opening people's eyes to the sector and keeping them. You know, that's where we want to be. So some of that is incumbent on us as organisations to look at our practice. And some of it is getting the word out there with, I don't want to say gatekeepers, but I'm going to say gatekeepers, people like teachers, careers leads, um, Job Centre Plus colleagues, anyone that has that access to the workplace, how do we augment their perceptions of the profession? Yeah, and, and I, I love to speak about the sort of the whole idea of next gen and, and how we build that. I think when we went to the Netherlands, one of the things that we were really excited about was the percentage of people in the Netherlands that study some type of transportation or supply chain management degree or quasi degree at university, which to your point, like, I'm not saying that you need to go through university to get a great job. Actually, one of our most senior people in the business didn't go to university. And you know, he's been fantastic. But it's a really interesting way of sort of creating clusters, creating communities and having people think about these career options. And when you were talking there, I, I agreed with everything that you were saying. But I also was thinking to myself, we shouldn't, we also shouldn't be defensive, we, we should be able to think that we can attract a wide range and also the best within some of those because actually the industry that we work in is super interesting and, and you know I'm happy to share my journey as to why I got so excited about it but so many people get excited about the tangible nature get excited to your point earlier about sustainability get excited to really understand what they're doing and how it makes a difference in society but maybe you can sort of build on that in some of the next gen work that you're doing and how you're engaging these young minds to come and work for businesses like St. Carter. Yeah, so it, it, it is exactly that. It's about positioning the future. 
these are the people that are going to come in and develop the stuff that we use for you know the the foreseeable until they change it again to young people i think there is a, a bit of a double edged sword when they think about logistics unless you position it from a future standpoint we do get the question a lot well why you know why would i choose to come and do this when it's all going to be automated and that's a real you know that is a real concern if you're looking at perhaps one of the the direct entry roles rather than a graduate role or an apprenticeship role they often can be the jobs that are going to be automated so it's about positioning the sector as one that is evolving but that you can evolve with it you know we don't have enough people so the opportunity to step in and then to step up at pace is there you know there's a an LMI stat that says 49 point something percent of warehouse and distribution managers and directors will retire by 2025 who's going to do that job So when you're talking to young people, you know, it's a headache for us as a sector, of course it is, but for them, that's their future. And we've got great examples of young managers, young directors, you know, who come and support with the, this is my journey and how I got to where I got to, which is really attractive to them. I think we've then got to make sure, obviously, that we're backing it up. So when we do get great young people in our organisations, that we're not holding them back and saying, oh, 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 you don't have 20 years of experience, I'm afraid, you know, this isn't something that you can weigh in on. It's about kind of making sure that we've got that culture and all of the great technology and all of the sustainability drives will mean absolutely nothing if you're not kind of walking the walk. This isn't about avocado toast or a table tennis table or you know whatever else we think 20 year olds want it's the things that we all want you know it's sensible performance management it's reverse mentoring it's being able to be in touch with people who make a difference in the business and feeling like you're contributing to that it's open those open channels of communication it doesn't matter what age they are the things that you want and you know we're really seeing some great examples of employers who are doing seminal things in the young professional space that you know we can all learn from that will not only get people in but will keep them there as well and it's not all talking about drones i promise <laughs> are there, that, that's really exciting are there i mean even for me to learn are there any things that you want to share maybe you can't for confidentiality reasons but if you can We'd love to hear some of those examples. Yeah, sure. Um, there's certainly two that um, two Wincanton examples where they've really kind of changed the game. The first is their Signets program, Signets like a baby swan. For those of you about to Google it, I'm not going to spell it because I'm not sure I can off the top of my head, but there we go. That is a, a program for 16 to 18 year olds. So really looking at how do we get that age group into what has been traditionally an 18 plus workplace for health and safety reasons and you know many other obviously can't be driving at that age but we've put those barriers up for things like work experience Saturday jobs etc because of health and safety and because it's difficult and actually when Canton have gone it is difficult we're going to do it anyway so that that program I'd really recommend taking a look at if you're looking to kind of implement a bit of best practice and then their people campus people campus is I think there may be more than one now but certainly people campus singular at the moment where I guess the best way to explain it is they are looking for jobs for people rather than people for jobs. So what hours can people do? What patterns can people do? 
do you want to work six months of the year and then go skiing, you know, work, work in a ski resort for the other six months? You know, it doesn't matter. It's kind of saying, how can we be really flexible to maximize that talent pool? So yeah, but to me, it's a game changer. I haven't really heard of anything like it. And alongside some of the fantastic training initiatives and apprenticeships, degree apprenticeships, you know, that are really delivering at the end of it in terms of great young talent it's exciting there's lots going on out there but as ever you know there's more that we can be doing there's more that we need to do to try and plug some of those gaps the one thing that I haven't seen yet and maybe it's just because you know it hasn't been on our radar we've never been approached to work alongside a Wincanton or a Kunnagel or a Maersk or other medium size and sort of work collaboratively at university fairs, university campuses, I I guess in part because it's competitive because you're recruiting. But I think that's something that we could do as an industry more. Maybe it already happens and you can detail it where we're really trying to go in as an industry and widen the pool rather than just trying to find the one person. So Generation Logistics is that initiative in schools and colleges where we are raising awareness that then allows each individual company to kind of get into the bun fight and say, my company's better than your company. But ultimately, if you don't know what the sector is, you're never going to get to the point of thinking about individual companies. At university level, the Chartered Institute has the Novus program where 20 or so companies have come together. Competitors, the ones that you've mentioned, Wincanton, Kuna and Nagel, both Nova sponsors. Not not saying cargo there. No, but welcome to. I can hit you up for that later. I would like to. <laughs> I would and- like to. It, it, that, 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 was, that was what you call the layup question. I was hoping you would go into this. So continue, please. Well, I mean, Novus, Novus is one of my babies. Started in 2012 at the University of Huddersfield and now works across 10 different universities with undergrads who study logistics, supply chain, ops management, transport, or courses with one of those aspects as a component. And it's really about bringing the applied education. So I did a psychology degree. I did three years in a classroom, never left it, went out into the world of work and thought, well, what do I do with it now? I can tell you what our grads come out at the end of doing because they've done summer placements. They've got a mentor. They've had guest lectures, site visits, a one-year work placement, maybe a zero hours contract at some point, you know, on top of uni. They've done a relevant dissertation that's usually around continuous improvement in their sponsoring company, you know, where they've done their placement. So when they come out at the other end, they hit the ground running. Yeah, amazing. And there's not enough of them. I'd love to have, you know, I'd love to have more students. And that's where Generation Logistics and Novus kind of come together but they are out there doing wonderful things and making me feel really old by now recruiting other Nova students. So our 2016 cohort is, is uh, actually out there kind of recruiting the next generation. So it's fantastic. There's just not enough young people who choose to study logistics or who choose at direct entry logistics as a career of first choice. That really does sound amazing. I would love St. Cargo to be part of it and we can pick that up after this. I think, you know, I remember from my university days, you you sort of see what's available to you in that sort of thin down view. You don't see the whole world. You sort of see just exactly what's in front of you. And it depends a lot on the culture of that university, the sort of career paths that sort of get pushed a little bit. I think that sounds absolutely fantastic. And again, if I was somebody young coming out of university, 
an industry that's so tangible, an industry that's honestly so ripe for change, but in a positive way where you have a lot of businesses, not just in cargo, a lot of great businesses that actually really do want to change and really do want to sort of press on where there's so much of a focus on sustainability, focus on people and cross-cultural interaction. I think it's a fascinating place to come and work. And that's why we've been able to recruit so many people from outside of the industry to join. So listen, Bethany, I'm going to take you up on that. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope all of our viewers have too. If you're young and, and looking for work and you want to speak more about this or thinking about getting into supply chain management, please reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. I'm sure Bethany would be very happy if you were to reach out to her as well. Absolutely. And, and thank you all very much for joining this episode of Freight to the Point. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts. And please do be in touch. As I said before, if you have any questions or if you or someone that you know is thinking about a career in supply chain. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.